This episode of Vegans in the Hood is sponsored by Swap Meat Trading Company. Follow on Instagram, Swap Meat Trading Company. Vegans in the Hood, one thing. This is not a test. Do not attempt to adjust your color. Vegans in the Hood Radio. Station 528 VNDH. It's your boy, Vegan in the Hood. Bless up to the fam, Grand Rising and all that. Happy Monday. Cheer. Damn, it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a strong ep to step two. Step, step two, step to step. Well, actually, I did, though. If I remember, if I recall correctly, the last the last uh, episode I dropped was um, Unfortunate Passing of Prodigy of Mob D. Uh, R.I.P. Prodigy, man. Um, that was a sad, definitely a sad ordeal. Unfortunate passing of that legend. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, we got y'all though. You know, we apologize for the inconsistency. You know, with all these new features going on now, we we've thought about doing this show a little different now. You know, and we're gonna make it a little bit way more impactful and amplify. Uh, just the content, you know, and just, uh, I guess, just the potency of the conversation. Um, uh, and with that, we've decided to team up, you know, I have a lot of just dope things that's, that's just been going on um, in business and in my personal life. Shout out to my personal life. Love you. Yeah. Um... You know, and, uh, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about today. You know, um, I've had my Instagram uh, platform for a while now, you know, uh, for a minute. I didn't really utilize it or work it in a way that I'm kind of utilizing it now. It was just kind of uh, something for my son and me to take pictures and food I was making for him. You know, I was... Uh, homeschooling my son early, you know, soon as his mother had him, you know, uh, she might have stayed home for maybe two or three more months, maybe, maybe a little longer, maybe she went, she stayed home maybe four or five months, and then uh, she went back to work, and I worked from home, uh, I was still a consultant, um, and I was able to work from home and, and take care of my son. So a lot of my, my pictures was really about um, raising my, 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 my infant. You know, wasn't really an infant at that time. He was a baby. Um, so uh, and then, you know, the maturation of him obviously was him getting older and me uh, homeschooling him and, and, and just teaching him, you know, more from the house than, than uh, thinking about, you know, preschool, teaching my, my, my son. Um, 
so yeah, he was born vegan, uh, and just to move on from that, this brother, you know, he's, he's been around since those days, it was my point, um, and we follow each other on, on social media, and, uh, I've always admired his work, you know, he's a, he's a, a beekeeper, you know, you don't see too many black beekeepers, you know, in our community, which is commendable, he's a chef, you know, uh, a vegan chef, you don't, you don't see, you know, a lot of us, um, that understands, uh, you know, the, the nutrition, um, he's a, a black gardener, you know, he, he grows food, you don't see a lot of that, so all, all these attributes, um, my brother, the greedy vegan, shout out to the greedy vegan, my dude, follow the greedy vegan on Instagram, the greedy vegan, just how it sounds, uh, he'll be here soon, man. So we're gonna jump into some conversations. Uh, I'm gonna do an official uh, introduction to my brother, and uh, you know we're about to transition this Vegans in the Hood radio to a whole nother quadrant. I want y'all to buckle up, man. You know we're going up. Vegans in the Hood, one time, and we're back in this bitch. So, guys, I hope, you know, everybody's having a great Monday. Um, hope you had a good weekend. I chilled this weekend. Um, visited some family. Uh, hung out with some friends. Uh, saw my son. Actually, my son's birthday was on Thursday. So, we kind of had, you know, a little... Uh, little um, field trip and then we had a party on Friday and you know that trick on to Saturday so yeah dope weekend um but yeah man so we're back and you know as I was telling you guys in the last segment um we're gonna be doing this co-host and uh I'm really excited to have my brother the greedy vegan as, as my right hand and um uh, you know, we're going to hold down this, this Vegans in the Hood podcast. So, without further ado, I'm going to bring in my guy, the Greedy Vegan. Give me some applause on that. What up, what up, what up? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Huh? What's going on in podcast world? <laughs> Jay, what's good, my brother? What's up, my brother, man? Glad to have you on, man. Um, indeed, yes, indeed. And, uh, yeah, you know, we've been talking. We've been pollying. And, uh, you know, now we're here at the time where we, we put this thing together. So I'm excited and happy that we've, uh, things have come full circle. Yes, yes. For sure, for sure. So, bro, tell, tell us a little just about your background with, you know, your disciples as far as the world of veganism and, you know, how you, your humble beginnings in it and then how you kind of just transitioned into you know, uh, you know, eight year. How how long you been vegan now? Um, since two thousand. Been vegan since two thousand. Nice. That's seventeen years, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, give us a little backdrop on on how everything kind of uh, transitioned for you. Sure, sure. Well, um, back uh, my back in my senior year of high school, 
trying to get cleared for um, football that year, uh, they wouldn't allow me to play due to being diagnosed with hypertension. So mm. that's really like, you know, that that light bulb went off. Like, okay, like something's right. up with my health. And I was also uh, prescribed the same medication my grandmother was taking for a heart attack. Here, wow. I'm 17, 18 years old. Wow. Taking the same medication that my grandmother was taking. So that right there was an eye opener. And, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Go back, go back. Wait, did you hear what he said? People's fam, did you hear what he said? He said that he was in high school. He was in high school. He was he was trying to get on the on the football team. He was basically, you know, shut down from the football team because he, he, he didn't clear his physical. His physical didn't clear it. They said, nah, you got high right. attention. Right. He goes to the doctor and they prescribe him the same medication that his grandmother was on for her heart problems, right? Yep. That's deep. Wow, yeah, that's deep. I'm sorry, go so, ahead. So that, you know, that following year, that well, that, that same year, you know, I started to cut out the red meat. Well, I was not so much eating pork. I never really ate seafood because I was allergic to it. But cutting right. out that red meat, and then the rest of that year, I just ate chicken. Then the following year, um, in 97, I just became vegetarian. Um, right. Oh, uh, me and my brother used to call it starchitarian because, you know, not knowing fully on how to eat properly, we would just eat a lot of starches and wasn't right. going right. So right. 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 So, you know, that year on, 97 to 2000, just learning more and more about eating healthier on and a plant-based lifestyle. Because it's not right. just a diet, it's a lifestyle. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Through learning and just, you know, eating differently, my body, I noticed, and I tell people this, like, the hardest thing for me to stop eating, it wasn't the meat, it wasn't the chicken, it was that dairy. That had macaroni and cheese, yeah, that pizza. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed my body slowly started to even reject that. Because even right. when I would get the pizza and the mac and cheese or the ice cream, not anything to the, I would get this like nauseating feeling. Nuts. That's what I, I got. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But it's that, that sour. Is it the one that crosses is that sour, that whole sour smell. And it just yeah, it doesn't yeah. resonate no more. Right. Right, right. And that, um, along with the congestion, I would get the mucus buildup. The mucus, right. So that made me transition into just the whole, you know, the vegan, just no no dairy at all. So from 2000 on, you know, that was really when I started to pay attention more into um, learning how to cook different things. Right. And that's when I first started to learn. I start. I started off first learning how to mimic things that I was used to, whether it be pizza and things mm-hmm. like that. And you know, because that's what I was like. All right, let me see if I can, you know, mock this and make this right. mock dish and so so on. Right, right. So that, that was the thing I kind of started, and then started, you know, moving away from that and getting more into, you know, cooking more live foods and eating some raw dishes and things right. of that nature. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, fam, I mean, you gotta, you go, you probably, you probably wouldn't understand 
you know, the capacity of, of you know, what we're, what, what I'm about to say, because he, he's a big guy, you know, so, um, you know, being that, you know, he, he's, he's a vegan, you would never, ever uh, uh, think, you know, he was vegan just because, you know, he, he's, he's, like I said, he's a big, he's a big dude. Right. Um, and I had to, and, uh, you know, I mean, like the story we were saying before, he was, you know, he was trying to get into football and I, I doubt he was, uh, you know, going to be, um, you know, wide receiver. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Word up. Word up. But yeah, yeah man. So yo, so so I right, so boom. So you you know, two thousand you kinda transitioned into the, the, the plant based lifestyle. Um right. did you start growing back then or when did when did you when did you actually start growing food? Um I first got introduced to gardening as a child watching my grandmother and my grandfather um, have a garden in the backyard. So being out there helping with the strawberries, the snap peas, the corn, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. what my first mm-hmm. introduction was. But after getting into the plant-based lifestyle, I wanted to connect and reconnect, you know, with my food as, you know, on any small mm-hmm. level that I could. So we had, um, that same space, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And just started started off with just tomatoes and um, got a few uh, fruit bushes, um, and that was pretty much it. And that pat- I also got some strawberries, and that passion just kept going from there. And that was, a, I want to say, that was about eight years ago when I first got into that. And right. now, right. Right. you know, being able to, you know, supply some of my friends and family with local produce. That's awesome. And food, yeah, man. You know, so it, it, it's it's turned into something um, that I've got grown a passion to have, and I would like to further it by teaching the youth how to grow their own food. Because through growing food, you can now then open up, you know, commerce. Because you're going to have product that you can now bring to market and make various products right. with those ingredients that you grow. Right. Right. So, that, right. That's my next, right. My next step. Yeah, man, and, and I think that that's you know that's awesome. That's kind of where we definitely uh, see you know uh, eye to eye, and our same mission and target is to teach these kids how to grow and be because you know I, I just think that's something that should be embedded in in the fabric of our community. When you go to school, you should be learning how to grow food. I don't understand why. Yeah. That would never be offered, you know what I mean? Um, I think maybe more now it's offered, but I know it wasn't offered, you know, back when we were in high school, and even when my my older no, son was no, in high school, it wasn't it wasn't offered. So, you know, I just think that that's something that we as uh, I think visionaries and futurists have to introduce it to uh, the community, and then it kind of work its way in that way. You know, uh, right. one of the things that we're doing right now is the aeroponics. And obviously, you know, the aeroponics is kind of different from uh, what you do. But it, I think that it's necessary because of the urban living that we have and, and just, the you know, the situations right. and of of not being able to have plots 
or access right. or accessibility, you know, all those things come into place. So if we can kind of, you know, uh, bring that to market where we can bring the, the guard into your house, your kitchen, and you can grow the food right there in, in your kitchen and then put it in your pan from seed to sill, that's, that's right. our, that's part of the, you know, our, our objective, you know, um, whatever way we got to do it. Uh, and, and whichever way we got to reposition to get it done. Uh, that's the mission, right? No, definitely. I, I feel that gardening and I, I coined the phrase, uh, the phrase, what I do, ur- uh, urban micro farming. You know, you have urban gardening, mm-hmm. but I'm even smaller than most urban gardens. So I, I coined the phrase, urban microfarming, and when okay. we have more community farmers, you make your community stronger because the community is now tied into right. the people that grow their food. We don't have that anymore. Like, you ask the average person, they have no clue where it. I mean, something is, where's your oranges coming from? Where your bananas coming from? Where's your lettuce coming from? Right. People don't know. Right. And that's something you should right. know and take pride in knowing that your right. food is coming from somewhere close to you. I remember this time last year, uh, I was going to, I wanted to um, make a pie, and I was looking for some, I needed some tart apples. So I was like, all right, let me get some Granny Smith. They didn't have any. And I'm, I noticed, I'm looking at all the, the tags on the, um, that, the, the apples. None of them at th- that time were from the United States. They were all from other countries. So I asked one of the um, the um, employees at Whole Foods, I said, um, excuse me, I said, you don't have any apples from here? He was just like, no. Right. <laughs> right. I was like, wow, that's the, that was crazy. Like, there's no no apples right. available. <laughs> they were all right. from other countries. Right. That's and having that. That's from other countries, not 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 other parts of the country. Other countries. No, no. Countries, exactly, exactly. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, man, that's big right there. You know, uh, especially when you know you have Washington State. Some of the right. you know, they produce some of the largest batches of, largest of apples. Right, right, right. Yeah, you but know, if you, you got all. Oh, oh. I was just gonna say, if you notice, like outside of those times when Washington, like when they're harvested already, you go to the stores and look, like outside of peak apple season, and see where a lot of these apples are mm-hmm. coming from. They're not from here. They're not right. from here. Right. Wow. Wow. And you can say the same about a lot of our foods, our fruits and vegetables. Like, I remember growing up as a child, you got more seasonal things. Like, you couldn't get strawberries and blueberries and melons all year round. That stuff was seasonal. Whereas now, you can go go get some some Driscoll strawberries or raspberries, you know, any time of the year. Whereas, you know, you Right, right, right. Right. That's 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 well that's bugged out. Yeah. Um I mean I, that that goes that ties us back into, you know, just the the GMO, right? And and how they're being able to produce fruit all year round is because they have labs, right? And they have basically uh petri dishes that they're growing food in or growing your fruit and vegetables in, not Yours, but you know the the, the people's, um, right. and which 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 makes my next statement even more important. It's about 
how you 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 are a beekeeper. You you keep bees, and obviously you know the bees pollinate um, our our flowering. Our, they pollinate our plants and and and, and flowers and and vegetables and stuff like that. So how do you see that tying into just you being a gardener and also a beekeeper and, you know, your, you know, just what, what do you feel is your responsibility to that? Cause I, I mean, I have to be honest with you. I have to be honest with you. Like as a vegan, like I, at one point, not even at one point, I think until just recently, maybe, uh, maybe a month ago, I've been going back and forth with, with the honey thing, you know. Um, right. You know, and, and my son, I don't give my son honey as well. His mother does eat honey, but you know, my thing is, you know, uh, again, uh, I've been kind of on the fence, you know, kind of on the fence about the honey situation. So, right, you right. know. I would definitely want love to hear from you know from you. Well, for me, um, I initially got into beekeeping to increase my yields on my my vegetables because that's what I you know mm-hmm. through my reading and studying it was it was saying you know you know you can get more yields in your gardens if you have you know pollinators around. Mm. So and I would right. prior to having the bees, I would always see you know, the bumblebees and my tomato blossoms and um, my, my mm-hmm. strawberry blossoms. And so I was like, um, you know, about five five years ago, that's when I started. I was, you know, I had got a couple books, you know, was online looking at videos. And one year, you know, I just, I said, I'm going to do it. And I uh, mm-hmm. bought all the necessary equipment, got uh, two packages of bees. They ship them to you through the mail. And uh, three-pound packages, they hold around anywhere from seven to 10,000 bees in each package. And put them in the, wow. in the box. And, you know, you just, it's pretty, after, wow. you know, you the packages, they do the work. You just got to make sure you, you give them enough space um, so the hive right. can grow. Because if the hive is, it becomes too populated, that's when they'll, they'll um, create another queen and they'll um, swarm. Because when you see a swarm, that's actually honeybees looking for, well, they'll, they'll you know, post up on um, whatever type of object when you see them in that cluster. And they'll, they'll <laughs> right, send right. scout bees out. The scout bees will go out and find a new home. And once they find a suitable location, they'll come back, basically, like, whistle to everybody, like, oh, we found, I found a new crib for it. Let's go. And they'll go and fly to that Yo, new dwelling and the, make a hive. The bees, the the bees hierarchy is so ill, yo. Their, their yeah, whole very, thing is, yeah. is the illest. That shit is society, Ill, societies have societies have been created off of watching the honeybee and how they, they work. Wow. The architecture. Like the um the way you from um what's that, the ball down in uh Florida Ep- Epcot Center. The way that shape, the way that, that right. structure yeah. it resembles yep. a honeycomb. It resembles a honeycomb. Mm. So they looked at that's it. deep right there. That, that hexagonal that's structure. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, and they got that from because it's so structurally sound. That's ill. Yeah, yeah. that's ill. That's but, ill, man. But the thing with eating honey, though, um, prior to having bees, I really, I might have dabbled in it here and there, 
but you know, just right. looking at all the the health benefits of it, you know, and then tasting it, tasting honey like from that's really really local, it's it's, it's totally right. different. And I just you know after mm-hmm. reading on you know how they do what they do, you know they're using their tongues, they collect the nectar, they bring it back to the hive, they put it in the cells. And then they they use their wings and flutter their flap and flutter their wings very you know very very fast until they evaporate. Mm-hmm. I believe it's up to 0.1 percent, no more than one percent moisture left in the nectar, and that's what that's what becomes honey. So it's the nectar put in the put in the cells. They use their wings to evaporate the the moisture out of the nectar, and that's what honey is. So. I so mean, wait, like, so wait, so wait. Them dudes is like, so it's like they extracting, it's like extracting oil from the weed, right? They're basically yeah, <laughs> taking, right? right? And they basically, oh, yeah. So when 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 I um, understood what was going on, I'm like, they, they just transport the nectar back to the hive, regurgitate it into the cell. Span their wings, evaporate the moisture out of it, and that's honey. That's why honey never goes bad because there's no moisture in it. They, they, it can't mold. Right. It can crystallize, but right. you know you run it under some right. warm water, it will go right back to its liquid state. So after I, you know, learned how honey is actually made, I'm like, oh man, I eat this. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep, yo. Yeah, that's yeah. that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> I was just going to say real quick, um, I forget that I'm trying to remember the term, um, but they'll, people will use like the stingers of honeybees similar to acupuncture to alleviate ailments and pains and things like that. And it made me think, you know, these bees, they're in all types of flowers, whether it be thyme, rosemary, echinacea, um, peach blossoms. So all that they're collecting, and then, you know, if you were to get any of that, you know, and I believe that's why um, the local honey helps the way it does, because they're taking all these different pollens from these very, you know, the strong medicinal property-having plants and, you know, putting that in that honey. So. Yeah, that's definitely medicine. That's definitely medicine. And like I said, I've been going back and forth uh, just the last month. I was just thinking about the medicinal purpose, you know, the properties of, of honey. And, you know, because, you know, you know, again, we only know what we know when we know it and we kind of mature and, and we grow. So, you know, my thoughts on that was changing. And I'm like, yo, you know, I think I might reconsider honey, you know? I think I might reconsider honey. Yo, I was so bad. I was so bad. I wasn't even eating figs, you know, because you know how figs are kind of, you know, how they're 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 flowered, right? You know, you have the wasp that dies inside the fig. Right, and then, right, right. You know, that's how the, yeah, the whole fig situation. So um, I wasn't even messing with figs uh, just because of that, that you know, that fact. But, um yeah, man, with with the honey, especially that you know, I know that you're growing it locally, and I can really benefit from that. I'm definitely, uh, you know, I'm gonna circle back on, on that, and uh, yeah. maybe start looking into some infused type things, you know. 
Right, right. Now I've I've done that as well. Like, um, take taking honey, and you know, depending on the amount, but taking some raw um, cannabis and placing that into the honey and letting it sit in the honey for a month or more, mm-hmm. so the no properties okay. will be extracted right. from the plant, and you know, will just infuse with that honey. And, you know, you can take these spoons um, and just like that. That's deep. That's, 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 so that's like the weed tea right there. It alleviates pain. Like, and, and the thing I liked about it, too, um, it didn't give you the – you got the medicinal. Cause it, because it, you didn't, it wasn't heated up, it didn't take on right. the, um, the properties of being able to, you know, give you that euphoric state. It just – you just get the medicinal right. properties right. of Right. That you could right. do with a child if if you needed to, or or someone no, that just or no. someone that didn't want the euphoric feeling but did want the the uh, the medicinal properties of it. That would be that would be right up right. there, Alan. Right, right. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I think that's you know that's some some of the things. With the CBD oil, it's like, you know, you don't want it to be, um, you know, have the psychotic or psychosis, what do you call it, whatever property that is, that kind of gives you, right. makes you high, you know, at that point. Right. You know, it's that. Without yeah. that, it's like just basically the pure medicine um, that you're, right. that the benefit that you're reaping from that. Um, yeah, more, more so, patient. yeah, man, that that's. What you want to say? No, no, I was listening to you, bro. Oh, no, I was just saying, um, as far as what you were, I was going to piggyback off of what you were saying about the uh, the CBD, like a lot of patients who uh-huh. are looking for that effect, they don't really want any THC at all. They just want the CBD. Right, right, yeah, right, so right, exactly. You know, the, the uh, pain alleviation without the euphoric feeling, that's all. Word, word, word. So, uh, so yeah, you know, just to echo that, you know, um, you know, a couple of years ago, my pops, when he was passing away, we were trying to get him like the CBD oil. Um, and what was crazy is that they misdiagnosed his, uh, you know, they, they basically said that he was having strokes and we like, nah, he not having no strokes. We, we wouldn't know why he was having a stroke. He, he's a, he's been a vegan since you know, for over 35 years, you know, a yada, yada, yada. He doesn't smoke. Yeah, he drinks some time, but, you know, it's few and far in between. Um, so, you know, it took them about maybe another year for them to say, all right, let's do a biopsy, you know, and find out what's going on. Once they do the biopsy, then they find out that he had lesions on the brain. But, wow. you know, I, yeah, I think that... Um, you know, even with a with a vegan lifestyle, you know, in the world that we live in, we just we just so um, you know susceptible to to the hand of of someone's someone else, right? And the only thing, the least thing we can do is kind of control our food supply, right? The least thing we can do is kind of control what we put in our mouth, you know, uh, not eat the animals, uh, try to uh, limit farm factoring, um, you know, just, just these, these little things that just make 
our community and I think our our our, our lives better. You know, just little things. No, I, I commend you on just your, your your garden, your green thumb ability, and you know, um, you know your your bee handling, and also your chef work, man. I've been seeing you out there with the chef work. Uh, really putting out those bodies of works out there, <laughs> word. And, uh, you know, I, I had, I got a pleasure of having uh, a sandwich last week, but I'm looking forward to, you know, getting some courses from you, man, and right. uh, hopefully linking up on, on something like that. Definitely, definitely. That was um, another thing that got me into, you know, cooking for real was because you get this this stereotype that vegan and vegetarian food is bland, it doesn't taste good, or just healthy food in general doesn't taste good. So I really, you know, even for my, myself first and foremost was to, you know, mm-hmm. break that stereotype. And then it went like, all right, now I know this stuff works. And it just went from there to say my homeboy, like, my homeboy met gave me the name the greedy vegan because he's like, yo, bro, you, you you goes in, you ain't the typical vegan. <laughs> 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 nah, yeah, like you said, I definitely think that's a stereotype, man. I mean, people, you know, they ask about the stuff that I eat, and you know what they really remark about, like you said, how much we eat, and we eat a lot. You know, I I take I I tend to tell them like, yo, you know, most people. They wear their food. I eat my food. I mean, they they wear their money. I, I eat my money. Like my money goes uh, right, to food right, and bills, right. my dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, just my lifestyle. Um, right, right. Yeah, just my lifestyle alone. It's just that's what I've averaged in already. You know, some people average in, you know, a thousand dollar car note or average in whatever they average in, whatever however your lifestyle fits and whatever fits in your lifestyle, you're gonna average these things in. So I just think that um, when it comes to to this uh, this vegan world, um, you know, and just being all over the place, whether cause I'm, I'm in a couple of different just different worlds. So just being that I'm around a bunch of different things and a lot of different places, you know, uh, trying to put people on if you're trying to be vegan, if you are vegan, where's the places that you can hit up? Because when yeah. When I was becoming vegan, I didn't have nobody telling me, yo, go over here, go over there, go there, do this. This is how you clean a menu, yada, yada, yada. So just to kind of put that information out there, I'm looking forward to us being able to put this dope information out there, whether it's the stuff coming from you as a chef, as a beekeeper, as a gardener, um, you know, as me, as restaurants and, you know, other creative things, music. Um, I think we're definitely... um, We'll be able to connect with the people and, and give them, yeah, definitely some dope information from our platform, man. Yes, sir. Most, most for sure, for sure. So, yo, uh, we appreciate. You know, first of all, I want to shout out to uh, all the sponsors, man. Um, Swap Me Trading Company. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, to your peoples over there at, at Freetown. Um, cafe. Uh, I don't know. I know you want to shout out some people. Um, yeah, yeah. Shoot out the presence at Lea over there in Orange, New Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Check out some. Dope Word up! Dope Word up! 
Word up, word up. Um, That's what's up. Uh, if anybody's, um, you know, not doing anything this Thursday night, come check us out at Freetown. Uh, got the Melodious Thursdays going on. Gonna have some good vegan food there at the vegan pop. Melodious Thursdays, yeah. I'm I'm definitely gonna be in a building. Um, Cause I had that that chickpea salad sandwich last week that was rocking. Shit was super litty. That's what's up. Good luck. And the drinks and the, and the drinks the drinks was rocking too. It was crazy. So yeah, if y'all yeah y'all in the, in the building y'all y'all definitely got to come in the building. This week, Thursday, Freetown, Forty One Halsey Street. Word up! Make sure y'all follow the Greedy Vegan on Instagram. The Greedy Vegan, um, Vegan, um, Greedy. You got any other other uh, platform you want to put them on real quick? Um, now I'm pretty much just using that one right now. I, I yeah, okay. just using the the the, the, the uh, Instagram right now. All right, though. So we're going to wrap it up. We appreciate you guys giving us your ear. Uh, so we'll be back bi-weekly. Uh, we're putting these shows together for you guys. Um, follow us at Vegans in the Hood uh, with a Z, Vegans in the Hood, um, and we'll check you out the next time. Vegans in the Hood, one time. Do not attempt to adjust your color.